welcome to Unscripted with Pastor Nate Morris. Here, each week we engage in candid conversations with Nate, focusing in on some of the subjects brought up in the Sunday morning teaching shared at Mountain Life Calvary Chapel. Thanksgiving is a very popular holiday. It seems like everyone has a better attitude about them as they consider all the things they are thankful for. Wouldn't it be great if we could have that grateful attitude all year long rather than just one day a year? In this episode of Unscripted, we discuss the feeling of thankfulness, where it comes from, and if we're able to give thanks always. Let's join the discussion now. Well, hey, everybody. Uh, We're here at Conspiracy Radio and talking about DIA Airport today. Um, A lot of people don't think it's real. But I'm here with an expert. His name is Evan Johnson. He's one of our pastors. And he is going to give us a little lowdown. Oh, wait. No, that's not this podcast. That's a different <laughs> That's podcast. our other podcast, Paul. Yeah. That's our other podcast that we haven't released yet. Okay. Welcome to Unscripted. Today, we are not with Pastor Nate Morris. We are with Pastor Evan Johnson, who taught this Sunday at Mountain Life Calvary Chapel. And today we are blessed to have him with us to just give us all the answers. Yeah, right. (laughs) I'm just so excited because I have so many questions. (laughs) I'll start off with this question. Evan, who do, who, who do, who do you think you are? Who do I think I am? (laughs) I'm Uh, just kidding. It's a The Office episode. Little thing. I was super nervous for a second. It was Michael Scott to Toby on his last day got it his exit interview but I don't look at you like Toby at all even though you kind of do you kind of do the Toby stuff around here oh man I don't think that's a compliment well I mean those are your responsibilities like if there was a fight in the office you would have to fill out the paperwork right Uh, probably yeah 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 so please don't get in a fight with anybody so I don't have to do that no there's no fights no no fights no fights no fights because we're always thankful (laughs) yeah <laughs> oh, we digress. Or we so want fast. to. <laughs> we, we digress want to be. so fast. We need Nate. The um, <clears throat> but this is the topic that uh, you taught on as we went into Ephesians chapter five, verse twenty, and yes, we're talking about giving thanks. And it's an interesting term, isn't it? It is to give thanks. Mm-hmm. What? Where do you think that comes from? Why is it? giving thanks why isn't it taking thanks Ooh, that's a that's a good question um i think giving thanks because it reminds you that the things that you have you didn't attain they were given to you and so you're mm. you're thankful for the things that you were given um so i think that that's oh, golly paul that's a great well this is unscripted great, yeah it's a great this is what we do we throw really difficult question. hardball questions i love you. it and then watch you kind of writhe and just like squirm. try to figure out, yeah, squirm and try to figure out answers to these questions. But you challenged us to come up with, in 30 seconds, come up with three things that we were thankful for mm. during the teaching. And yeah. so I'd like to challenge you in these <laughs> 30 seconds to give us three things you're thankful for. Um, I am super thankful, first and foremost, for my Savior, Ooh. Jesus Christ. Um, just for all that he's done in my life and for how he's grown me and how he has used me in his church and for his purposes. Um, there was probably a, a time 
over 10 years ago, probably where I was like, I'm of no use. And so mm. I'm super thankful to think that, um, how, how far he's brought me and how far and how much he's used me in spite of all of my failures and weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Um, and then second of all, I'm thankful for my wife. Um, cause she is amazing and awesome and just so fun and just the best companion I could have ever asked for. Um, and then I would say that I'm just, I'm very thankful for having been brought to the mountains Ooh, 14 yeah. years ago. Um, not just for the mountains, um, but for all that it's led to in my life. And so I know that there's a lot that encompasses all of those things, but, um, for God's hand in, in bringing me here and allowing me to build a life here. And so I'm just thankful for those, those three things right off the top. They had, I was, I was pretty certain of your top two answers. I got both of those, right. But I was just, I'm a little selfishly. I was kind of hoping that I'd make number three, number three. But, oh well. but well, I am you, in the mountains. You kind of did because I'm, I'm here in the mountains and you're a part and of I that. Am in the I'm thankful that you moved here. I appreciate yeah. our friendship a lot. Okay. That's so. And I do too. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Uh, okay. Now, the next question. Let's get into the teaching. Okay. Thankfulness, gratefulness. Uh, the, the scripture was to give thanks always. That was the term that was used in there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about gratitude as well. Um, what those things what where do they come from like i whenever i think about this topic I, I just think about like is this something that we can create within ourselves or is this something that just happens to us involuntary involuntarily um For- i think i think we have to choose right i think growing up at least in in the time that i've grown up we've always been told to use our manners and to be polite. And so when someone gives you something, hands you something, does something for you, the polite thing is to say, thank you, thank you, you know? And so I think there's, there's that kind of thing. And that's how I think we learn that from a very young age, because we're taught to want to show appreciation for other people and show that they have value. And so when we notice those things that they do for us, at first, it may become something that we just do out of like, ritual mm-hmm. if, for lack of a better word. Um, but it hopefully would instill in you, uh, a heart to truly be thankful for the people around you and all of that. I just think of the food industry service and, um, I go to coffee shops a lot and I get coffee and I try to always, um, be super thankful for the people making my coffee, you know, and like try and build a relationship and just truly let them know that I'm thankful for them as a person and not just a barista handing me coffee. And so, um, I try to do that. I try to do that with a lot of people almost, I hope, hopefully everyone I come in contact with, um, sorry if you've ever been on the receiving end of me not being thankful and grateful for you. Um, that's not my heart, but I think that that's just, so in our culture, in our time, I think that's something that is grown, that is inbred in us into, to help us be thankful people. Um, as I was studying, I was trying to see if I could fit this in and I couldn't really fit it in. Um, but the idea of being thankful is more of a momentary emotion Mm -hmm. as opposed to like, I'm thankful for this cup of coffee. Mm -hmm. Um, and gratitude was more of a lifestyle 
conscious decision to no matter what is going on in your life, that you would be grateful for the fact that you don't have coffee today or that the fact that you do have coffee today, um, because it's not about the coffee, right? It's about what it does for you. And so there's that momentary thankfulness of I'm thankful for coffee, but there's also the gratitude of just like, man, coffee is an amazing thing, right? <laughs> like it has great flavor. It can have all of these things and it can create a different experience, but I don't know if that makes sense at all, mm -hmm. but like, I'm grateful that there are people who grow coffee plants and allow us to have coffee. Right. Two very superficial reasons right there, but. And that's, that's, I'm just interested in the, the terminology again of, of giving thanks versus being thankful. Like, do you, is there a separation? Like, could you give thanks even though you're not feeling thankful? Let's say, Grandma gives you socks for Christmas. Mm. You know, uh, could you give thanks to her for the socks, even though you're not really stoked on getting socks? And I know you love getting socks, but I actually, I, mean, I actually do. I know, you talked like, about that in a different podcast. I, I remember that. Yeah. And um, but for maybe other people besides you, <laughs> I remember uh, as a kid, I wasn't thankful for socks. Or I remember as yeah. a ten year old, I got um, aftershave. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't think I need aftershave as a 10 year old, but you know, right. um, so that, I guess what, what I'm trying to get at and ask is like, because it says give thanks always yeah, give thanks always. It doesn't say be thankful always. And is there a, a separation between those two things? Is it like, you know, because I'm just thinking about the really hard, horrible things that happen to mm -hmm. people in life. Um, is it possible for them to still give thanks even though they may not be feeling thankful? I would say yes. Yeah. Because that's a conscious decision we have to make, right? Mm. And it's a commandment. It's not just a, mm -hmm. it's not just a feeling, you know, like if we did everything we felt, we would, we'd be hedonists, right? We wouldn't be <laughs> like, yeah. we'd be driven by our emotions. We'd be driven by our feelings. We'd be driven by the natural desires within us. And that's what we are apart from the spirit of God. And so I think when we're commanded to give thanks always for all things, it's a call for us to, even when we don't feel like it, even when we don't think that we have things that we are thankful for, it's a call to give thanks because we have been blessed so much in all of those things. And so, yes, I think there's a big difference between giving thanks and being thankful because being thankful, I would call an emotion and giving thanks is the commandment that when, when things are tough or things don't go your way or you don't feel thankful, you don't have that emotion of feeling thankful, you're able to remind yourself. And that was kind of something that really stuck out to me in this teaching was just how forgetful I am as a human being of all the things that I do have. Yeah. Um, and just to, to be reminded to give thanks for those things, because it's easy to become dissatisfied when you have the Amazon app on your phone and you just kind of scroll through yeah. <laughs> and you're like, what Oh, I wish I had I that. Have, yeah. I wish I had that. And then they allow you to make these fun little lists and you're able to add things into your list and be like, Oh, maybe one day I'll get those things. Or you scroll through social media and you see people's lives and you see people's families and you see people's trips and all their stuff. And you're just like, wow, why can't I have any of that? You know, yeah. or like what, what's going on there? And so you easily become, dissatisfied with the stuff that you have. And so you go from giving, you go from a feeling of thankfulness to a feeling of feeling like you deserve 
what those yeah. other people have. Yeah. And so it's hard to give thanks when you're in that mode because you're constantly looking outside of yourself. Uh, you're constantly looking outside of the things that you have to, to bring you the pleasure that you're seeking or the enjoyment that you're wanting to have instead of realizing, man, I have a laptop, right? Mm-hmm. Like we see every year we have, we get a new Mac and we get a new iPhone and we get a new Samsung and we get a new TV. Like those are the things that go on sale for black Friday, right? Mm-hmm. Groceries never go on sale for black Friday because those no one wants to just buy groceries, right? Everyone's like, technology, give me, give me, give mm-hmm. me, you know, like, oh, I would just, my wife would laugh, but I probably since we bought our TV, since I got married, I bought the TV I wanted when we got married. I was like, yes, I love this TV. And then five years into it, I was like, oh man, I kind of want a new TV. And so the joke for the last six years has been, hey, uh, we're moving to a new house. Can I get a new TV? And she's like, no, the TV we have is fine, you know? And so it's kind of become this running joke of like, man, I'd be able to see this a little bit better if I had a bigger TV, you know? And so, um, but it's become a joke and I love like my TV works fine. I don't need a new TV, right? Like when it breaks, I'll get a new one, but it's kind of just become this running joke um, of just like, oh, just get a new TV. Yeah. But what kind of advice would you give to somebody who stops by the office, says that they're a Christian Um, But they're just like having a really difficult life and they say that they have nothing to be thankful for. Like, and they just list all these things that have gone wrong and all these things that they don't have. And, uh, but they say they're a Christian. How would you, like, what would you encourage them to be thankful for or to give thanks for? Um it's hard to talk to someone in that kind of a situation because you're, you understand that they're hurting, right. And that they're coming from a situation of brokenness and feeling like God has maybe turned their back on them, even as a Christian in that, in that regard. And so, but trying to get them to see the goodness of God in their life. Um, and that can be hard because you don't know, maybe, maybe they're mad at God, even though they say they're a Christian and they're just like, all these things have come against me and I believe in God, but, I don't believe this about him. And it's like, well, if you can't believe that about God, you don't really believe in God because your view of him is, is skewed mm-hmm. by the circumstances that you're, that you're going through. And so it may like giving thanks won't change your current situation. It will mm-hmm. just change your heart in that yeah. situation. And so trying to get people to understand that, like, look, you have breath in your lungs today, right? Mm-hmm. Like you were able to come into this office and ask for help. Like that's huge to come into this place, ask for help. Um, and that you're alive another day. And that means God has a purpose for you. Like your life isn't purposeless, mm-hmm. even though it may feel like it. And so trying to find that common ground to meet them with and see that like, the things that they actually have currently in their life are blessings to be thankful for. It's like you have clothes on your back right now. Like you have shoes on your feet, you have breath in your lungs. Like you're here in this moment. How can we help you? How can we be there for you? Um, You, you shared in the teaching, I really liked at the end, you know, the focus back on the gospel message and that I feel like that's such a great thing, you know, for a Christian to set that, as their place of Thanksgiving, you know, because then it's all, uh, as we said in the South, 
it's just all gravy then, you know, yeah. like you got the, you got the staple <laughs> of yeah. the meal and then everything else is just gravy on top. But I, I loved how you turned us back to the gospel message. That's, that's real. I, I know for me, um, I think it is for most Christians, if not all Christians that, you know, you just gave a very clear explanation of the gospel and it's like, my heart was just like, man, I'm so thankful. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Because just, I mean, apart from that, life is pointless. Life yeah. is meaningless without having your salvation taken care of. You know, like that's the most important thing that can be taken care of. And so if your eternity is sealed, man, what, what else can, what else yeah. can happen to you? Right? Like if you were to die today and your etern- you've put your faith in Jesus Christ, it's glory ahead yeah. of you. Right? And if you haven't put your faith in Jesus Christ, it's it's eternal damnation, not because God hates you, but because that's what you chose, and that's what we've that's what we've chosen as human beings is to be rebellious against a God who is so loving and so gracious and so compassionate. Because God did everything; it's a free gift, right? I, sh- I was sharing that yesterday. It's just like that alone is just like, look, here's life; it's free. You can just, all you have to do is accept it mm-hmm. and, and understand what I'm trying to do for you. But mm-hmm. in our selfishness, in our arrogance, we just think that we know better and that we're not the creation, that we are the creator. We're mm-hmm. the God in our life. And it's just like, I'm not going to submit to this being that I don't understand or know. And it's like, well, he knows you and he wants you to know him. And so... I don't know. That's just, yeah, I think that coming back to the gospel is, is so important and so crucial in all of that because it, it reminds you of your actual depravity and your actual need as a human being to be saved um, when you can come to that realization. And um, as Christians, I would also just encourage us to like, man, preach the, preach the gospel to yourself every day, yeah. you know, because if you're able to do that, then you have a right view of yourself you have a right view of God and it gives you a right view of how you see other people. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're able to preach the gospel to yourself each and every day um, and, and have gospel living, right. Where we, we give out grace to other people. We give out mercy to other people. Um, and just to be thankful for what we do have in, in what God has done for us. You brought in a uh, scripture from James uh, chapter three, I'm re- I want to read it real quick. It says, but, but if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, don't boast and lie against the truth. The wisdom does not descend, f- this wisdom does not descend from above, but it's earthly, sensual, and demonic. For where there is envy and self-seeking, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. You know, it talks about this envy and, and selfishness and, uh, and you, you brought that into the teaching because uh, you were talking about that, that envy or covetousness, how that affects our ability to be thankful. So how could you talk about that a little bit? Just like how do those things when we allow envy and covetousness in our life, how does it strip away our thankfulness? Well, because uh, I think just earlier, you know, you're scrolling through social media, you're scrolling through Amazon, you're seeing all the things you don't have. And so when you allow the, the feelings and the idea of like, 
well, I don't have this, but I could have it. Or you see what something that, you know, envy, the, the definition is a feeling or is a feeling of discontented or resentful longing aroused by someone else's possessions or qualities, you know? And so it's like, you see something that somebody else has and you think you deserve that, or you think that you want that. And so then you do everything you can to go get it. Um, and then that becomes your lifelong pursuit to either go after that thing, that lifestyle, whatever it is. And so you seek that thing instead of seeking God and what he has for you. And so you're all of a sudden, your entire focus is, is on those things. And it says bitter envy and self-seeking. And I think that envy leads to self-seeking because envy lets you know that you have a want or a desire for something else that somebody has. And then that translates into, well, I want that. And so then I'm going to seek that out for myself, that selfish ambition, um, in that way. And so it's just like, that's human thinking. And that's just the way we, we've been, that's what, that's what Eve saw in the, in the apple or the fruit in the garden. She saw that it was good to make one wise, you know, to make one like God. It was a selfish action that she had in that moment. And so I think when we're very selfish and self-focused on acquiring the things, even if we think we have good motives, like, Oh, I'm going to go out and get all this wealth so then I can bless other people. Right. Like, at the base root of that is you want wealth, you know, (laughs) like you want to attain all this wealth. And so if you're constantly going into all of this stuff to like, well, once I'm rich, once I have these things, then I'll give this out to other people. Once you attain the wealth, if you haven't been, been practicing, um, generosity already, like you're not going to be a changed person just because you get the wealth or just because you get the things and then give those away. Like generosity is something you, you cultivate or you have already. And so if you're generous with the little things that you have, when you get more, you're going to be more generous with the more that you already have. And so it's something that's instilled in you already. And so to think that like, oh, well, I'm just going to go out and have a big home and get all this wealth and do all these things. And then once I have those things, then I'll give those away. I think that that's, that's an easy trap to fall into because it's, it's once I have these things, then I will do this. And it's all self-focused instead of just like, what do I have now that I can give to other people and give back in worship to the Lord? Because it says in scripture that like, if you can be trusted with little, you'll be given much. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I think when you have those, those base principles, it's like, Hey, when, when you've proven that, like you can be trusted with the little that God has given you, he's willing to bless you with more because he knows that your heart isn't in it for the stuff yeah. it's in it for the people. And so when you have the little that you have and you're thankful for that and you're able to give it away and you're grateful for what he's done and you're able to, to give that out to other people, it's like, then the, then the floodgates of blessing will open because it's not about wanting the things. It's about blessing other people and being thankful for the opportunity to be used by God. I like how you shared in the teaching too, how if we uh, focus on being thankful and giving thanks, how that uh, fights away the envy and the covetousness and the selfishness and all of that. I, I love things like that in scripture, like where it says walk in the spirit and you won't fulfill the lust of flesh mm-hmm. rather than trying to not be envious and not be covetous because that's a, it's a almost an impossible struggle to just not be that because it's in our sinful nature. 
But as we focus on being thankful, as you shared in the teaching, you know, that 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 actually wars against and, and you just find that you're not envious and you're not covetous. And I love the the quote that you uh, shared from Wearsby, uh, the very last part of it really stuck out to me. The He says, the devil moves in when a Christian starts to complain, but thanksgiving in the spirit defeats the devil and glorifies the Lord. Um, what are some practical steps that we could take to keep ourselves in that place? You know, that thanksgiving in the spirit, like... Uh, did anything pop up to you as you were studying this of like practical things that we can do to kind of check ourselves on that and, and keep ourselves in a place of thanksgiving in the spirit rather than complaining and coveting and all of that? Um, I think for me, it was just, it was looking at, and what I challenge people to do is just write that list of three things, you know, right there in service, 30 seconds to a minute, find three things that you're grateful for and thankful for and write those down and then try to do that for the next week or the next month and to create that habit and that mm -hmm. cultivate that rhythm of being thankful and giving thanks for the things that you do have because then that changes your heart because then you're not thinking about the things that you want. Right. You're constantly reminding yourself of those things. And as I was studying and as I was thinking, I was just like, man, that's why the Lord had them set up so many altar, like not altars, but like memorials, right? <laughs> like mm -hmm. when they crossed the Jordan, it's like, all yeah. right, 12 guys go back in and grab a stone and put it up yeah. here so that in future generations, they'll be like, what are those stones for? And it's like, oh, that's when the Lord parted the Jordan river, stopped the water. And we walked across on dry gap dry ground, which is just nuts when you think about that, right? <laughs> like the Lord dried up the river and they walked across dry ground or the Red Sea. They walked across on dry ground, like stuff that's been soaked in water should be like unpassable. But the fact that it was dry ground that they walked yeah, upon is just, yeah. is just crazy. And that's something that we so easily pass over. It's like, oh yeah, they just walked across. It's like, it's like, do you understand how hard it would be to walk through that mire of grossness, but the Lord made it hard and firm for them to walk on and to be thankful for that, that that's, that's what the Lord does in our life. Like when he stops the waters and he's with us in the midst of those things, he gives us that firm ground to walk on. And so you may feel like you're walking through the Red Sea with water up on either side and you're halfway through and you're like, oh, this is crazy. What happens if the waters come in? It's like, well, he's given you a hard, firm path to walk on. It's like, stay on the path in that. Um, but I think some other practical steps for giving thanks is just not, not like you said, not thinking about trying to not be envious, right? Mm -hmm. But to think about, you know, ways that you can bless other people, yeah. I think is another great way to, to combat envy and, um, and to give thanks for those things or go help people who you know are less fortunate than you, right? We're, we're constantly called to think of others as more important than ourselves. And when you have a mindset of thinking as others more important than yourself, then you're not looking out for number one, Evan, you know, yeah. number one yourself, you're looking to the needs of others. And when you see that like their needs are met and you were able to help do that, it doesn't bring the sense of like, ah, oh, I did that. It's just like, 
I'm so grateful for what I do have, yeah. you know, and I'm grateful that I was even able to have the time or the, the money or the energy to go and help this person and serve. And that's why I think we're called to service so much mm. in scripture, you know, we're called to, to serve and love one another. And that's what Jesus did, right? It said he didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And I think that that that's what combats that envy and that selfish ambition is because you're not focused on yourself, you're focused on other people. Yeah, that's great thing. So I, you used the example of Adam and Eve earlier in the garden, and uh, it's, it's crazy because they, they were allowed to enjoy everything there except for one tree, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's where the focus, that's where the, the enemy drew their focus to yeah. that one tree, you know, and um, I just think it, it's important for us to know the tactics of our enemy and that that's the reality that he's always going to be trying to draw our focus to that one thing we don't have or that one thing that God doesn't want us to have that's not good for us, you know, and and he's always going to be wanting. To, so if we can just look at the rest of the garden, yeah. <laughs> just be so thankful for the rest of that garden rather than the one thing that the enemy is trying to, to show us. Uh, Paul said in, in Philippians 4, he said that uh, he knew what it was like to have a lot. He knew what it was like to have a little. And he uh, learned to be content in whatever state he was in. Uh, I know we're talking about thankfulness and gratefulness, but I guess I, I liken contentment mm-hmm. to uh, that as well. I, what is it like? I don't know if you have any insight into how he learned to be content, but how could we learn to be content in our lives? I think it go, it goes, I, I think Paul was content in, in little and in much because he knew who his God was. He knew who his Savior was, and he knew where he was going. And so he knew that what he was doing, whether he had little or he had a lot, wherever he was, he was going to, he was going to share the message of Jesus Christ and he was going to always have that as his foremost thing. And so he's like, whether I was had meager supplies and I was abased or whether I've had plenty, my, my focus is not on those things. Yeah. It's on, it's on the mission that God has given him. And it's like the mission that God has given us. Right. Because it's so not that it's wrong to, to like, have a life and have a job and have success in those things. But if the, if your ultimate goal is to just have a good life and raise a family and just do things to basically build your legacy for yourself here, like you're going to, it's going to, it's going to leave you wanting more. But if you build a legacy that honors God and is for his glory and his purposes, then all that stuff is just awesome on top of it, right? Like he, like if you're able to do, if you're able to raise your family and raise your kids to love the Lord, their God with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love their neighbor as them, as themselves, like you've done something that is instilling within them an outward whatever, I can't think of the word, but like an outward focus for, for others and it's not on themselves. And so I think when you, when you wrap all that up in that, 
Um, I think that's how Paul was able to be content because he knew that wherever he was, he was going to share the gospel and he was going to, he was going to live to glorify God. And so it's just like, man, I've learned what it is to be content. And that's to be in, in step with my savior and the will of my God, because that's where he wants me. And so if I'm, if I'm there and I don't have a lot, praise God because this is where I'm supposed to be. If I'm here and I have a lot, praise God, because this is where I'm supposed to be and anywhere in between. And so we were even talking in staff meeting this morning, JD brought up the idea of seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. It's just like, man, seek first his kingdom, not yours, not the kingdom that you want to build or the life that you think you should have, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And he'll add all of these other things unto you. you. And it's just, and and again, it's the things that you need. It's not the things that you may want, you know? And I think that that's, that's something in our culture that comes up a lot too. I remember watching a commercial um, and it was first, it was this car commercial and it was this, uh, it was this guy. I don't know if he was Korean or, um, Japanese or whatever, but he, he was like, start with a need. And he's like, no, start with a want because as when you start with a want, all of a sudden you draw people in because they're, because you're creating something for them to come into. Like you said, the enemy, he knows, he knows the tactic is, is like, Oh, I have everything I need. Yeah. But what do you want? You really want this over here. And so it's like, Commercials are all about that, right? right? They're all about creating a want within us because we don't know we want something until we see it, yep. right? We don't know we we want the new iPhone until they're like, oh, it's got this and it's lighter and it's titanium. And it's <laughs> yeah. just like... You don't even know what titanium is. I don't even is. know what titanium is. And they say it's from the other end of the galaxy, but how did it get here? <laughs> you know, but like we don't know that we want those things until it's put right in front of us. And so it's like when we're able to be in a place where we're not wanting anything but Christ and his kingdom to come and his glory, like that's where, that's where true contentment is found because we have the things that we actually need and they're taken care of in, in our savior and in our, and in our God, because he knows what's good for us. The end of Matthew chapter six, like your father knows that you need all these things and he, he wants to give them to you. Like he knows that you need bread. He knows that you need clothes. He knows that you need all these basic things. And so look at the lilies of the field, look at the birds of the air, how much more valuable to him are you than those things? And he takes care of those. So how could he not take care of you? Yeah. That's, it reminds me of the, I think it's the Psalm 37, is it? That uh, it says that if you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. And um, I feel like that's that's a, a real practical thing we can do to find ourselves in a place of contentment and thankfulness is just delighting ourselves in the Lord. I think that goes hand in hand with seek first the kingdom of God, um, that when we're delighting ourselves in the Lord, he's actually creating the desires of our heart rather than the enemy creating the desires of our heart. And when we're delighting ourselves in the world and the things of this world, then I think the enemy is giving us the desires in our heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as we delight ourselves, delight ourselves in the Lord, that he's the one that's creating our desires. I, I, and then he gives you those things. And then you're just so stinking content because you have everything, not only everything you need, but everything you want because your wants have been 
created by God because those are good things that he wants to fulfill in your life. Yeah. Well, I hear the music. Hey, perfect. Look at that. Sorry we didn't get to the conspiracies of the DIA airport in this. You'll have to check out our other podcast. Go search for it. I don't think it exists. But if you find it, let us know. Yeah, let us know. And... Uh, if you are thankful for this podcast, hey, like it, share it, do all of that. So thanks for being with us today. Thanks for joining us for today's conversation. If you'd like more material from Pastor Nate, you can go to PastorNate.com. That's the word pastor, the letter N, and the number 8.com. And for more information about our church, you can connect with us through our website at mountainlife.church. Hope you can join us again next week as we continue the conversation.